Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. 13 tonight, I will add two more verses to that. Exodus chapter 12, and uh, Matthew, if I need to pull this mic back up, you just, uh, I'll just leave it up. How about that? We'll take that. Transition me over, you can. Trying to work out some kinks. So, uh, all right, Exodus chapter 12, Uh, if you've not been with us, we've been in a series called The Exodus. Um. Uh, them exiting out of Egypt, and it has been truly a journey. One of uh, probably many of us a favorite um, historical passage uh, that that happened with the children of Israel. A wonderful account in Scripture to remind ourselves of who God is and His love for His people. And so uh, we have made our way from chapter one all the way to chapter twelve. As the saying is, time flies when you're having fun, right? Time flies when you're having fun. And we'll see. We may conclude this uh, journey in chapter 19. We'll let the Lord uh, lead in that. But chapter 12, we're going to read verse 1 through verse 13. And uh, then uh, we'll pray and ask God's blessings on this. All right, so verse 1. God says this, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating shall make your account for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs they shall eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs, and with the puritanence thereof. And ye shall let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning ye shall burn with fire. And thus shall ye eat it, with your loins girded, and your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste, It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where ye are. And when I see the blood, and we love that part of that passage right there, when I see the blood, I will what? Pass over you. Amen. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Let's pray. Father, 
We approach your throne tonight, and I know good and well, Lord, that I cannot exhaust this passage. We don't have enough time. I don't think it's even possible to do that. Um, Father, I know in a message we will just hit, hit the surface of these deep truths, these pictures and types of the Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray that we've come with a heart of rejoicing of a risen Savior, and a Savior whose blood is able to cleanse and make the sinner clean. And I'm thankful for that tonight. I stand in testament of what the blood of Christ does to a lost, undeserving, depraved sinner. And I'm thankful for the sacrifice of Christ. Father, guide us in this, in this message tonight. Um, Father, it's, it's about you. It's not about me. I stand here humble to know that my words are, are, are weak. I know in my words it will be like stumbling. But I'm thankful, God, you can take a, 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 a stammering tongue, uh, um, weak words, feeble words of mine, and use them for your glory. And I'm humbled that you would use people to share this good news. And I'm honored to be able to speak of this wonderful passage and the truth that's here tonight. And I pray, if someone here is not saved, I pray tonight they'd understand there is a Savior that's able to save them. So thank you, Lord, for that truth. Guide us. Knit our hearts into the truth. And I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Can I back you up into chapter 11 for just a second? <clears throat> chapter 11. Um, we find in chapter 11 that the Lord told Moses that there's going to be a final plague. All up through this journey, we have, we have seen God bringing the plague after plague after plague. God raging war on the, the uh, false gods of Egypt. Remember, he's saying, there is only one like me. And that's what he was proving. He was tearing down every false god and idol. They may know that he is the one true and living God. There's none like him in the earth. <clears throat> but as we've seen also through all of this is that uh, Pharaoh continues to reject the demand of God. But Pharaoh has no control over God. God himself and God in his sovereignty is going to bring his will to pass. Who's thankful for a God that can do that? Amen. And tonight we're going to see uh, some preparation in chapter 12. But in chapter 11, Moses warned them. and said, Moses said, Thus saith the Lord, About midnight will I go out in the midst of Egypt. All the firstborn land of Egypt shall die. The firstborn of Pharaoh that sitteth up in the throne. Even the firstborn of the maidservants that is behind the mill. And all the firstborn of the beasts. In verse 6 says there will be a great cry like none other in Egypt. And there will be nothing like it from, from, you know, beyond this time. And so there's something going to happen. There's going to be death in the land. And you've got to be asking yourself the question. God says that my children will be preserved. Said in verse 7, not even a dog can bark against my children. They're going to be protected. Now you take such a horrible plague, such a plague of death, you begin to ask yourself the question, well, what will God plan on how to keep his people safe through such a plague of death? That it's going to reach the throne all the way to the mill, all the way to the servant in the mill house. He's got to, he's got to use something very powerful, something very grand, to, to use to protect his children. You're going to think about that. But actually you're going to find that God uses something that maybe surprised all of them. It was an animal that really wasn't great and powerful. 
but it was an animal called a lamb. And we're going to see, we're going to look at this lamb tonight. The lamb here in this time, in this history. And then we're going to look at the lamb of God. We're going to look at the beautiful parallel between the two. And folks, there is a great picture, a great parallel between the Lamb of Moses, if you will, here, and the Lamb of God. As John the Baptist says, that has come to take away the sin of the world. And so, I want us to look at two things tonight. We're going to look at the first Lamb, and then we're going to look at the last Lamb. Alright? So the first Lamb, let's look at this together here in chapter 12. Alright? Now, this lamb, please keep this in your mind as we're going through this, pictures Jesus Christ. And we'll unpack that as we go, but it pictures that. And so we've sung about the blood, amen, the blood of Christ. It's not something to get rid of, amen, in our worship. It is the reason we worship, the blood of Christ, amen, his sacrifice. Not his spilled blood, but his poured out blood, amen. He poured out for the sins of the world. Now let me just give you this, this, this story that I heard about a man because the blood of the lamb is really in one sense a beautiful thing, but it's a horrific thing. And here's how this story goes. There's a man who worked in a slaughterhouse He'd been slaughtering beef, and they began to process lamb. But the, the account goes on, this guy's testimony, he's like, I wasn't ready for this. It was different. Um, he said he had to lift up the chin of, of the lamb. He had to pull the lamb up close, lift the chin up of the lamb, and take the knife to his throat and, and, and kill the lamb. He said in the process of doing that, some blood actually poured out on his hand, and the lamb, according to his testimony, actually licked the blood off his hand and looked at him as it died in his arms. The story goes that he said, I put down my knife and I got another job. He said, I, I felt guilty of killing the lamb. He's like, it was too much for me. Can I tell you something? The, the dying of the lamb is a horrific thing. Amen? It is a clear picture of how wicked and evil our sin truly is. Amen? That is, that is why, my dear friends, it is horrific to our physical minds. Because that's a picture of how evil our sin really is. And so, um, uh, that story about him really brought that back to my mind about just how, just how it grabs your mind about the Lamb's purpose here and the Lamb's purpose in the New Testament, Jesus Christ. So let's look at Moses' Lamb here tonight, the first Lamb. We'll look at a few things. And the same things we're going to look at tonight about the lamb here, we're going to look also about Christ. All right? So first thing is this. I don't have several slides for you tonight, so if you're taking notes, I'll try to make those notes, those points clear for you. We're going to see the lamb's character. The lamb's character. So this death angel's coming. He's going to kill the firstborn, and here's God's plan to bring protection over his children and it's a lamb but it can't just be any lamb it can't just be any lamb they want they can't be a leftover lamb it can't be a lamb that they don't much care for or is a little dirty look at verse 5 look at the character your lamb shall be without what blemish a male the first year ye shall take it out from the sheep or or from the goats he said you've got to keep this lamb in the house 
for three days. During those three days, you're going to find it was a time of examination. They would look at the ears, see if there was a tear in the ear. They would look and see if there was a discoloration within the wool of the lamb. They would see if there was an imperfection or something. Maybe it had a blind eye or maybe it was a little lame in one leg. They had to examine the lamb because we're talking about a lamb that would give them safety when the death angel came. It had to be a lamb without blemish, without spot, all right, without an impurity. And you're going to find in 1 Peter 1.19, it says, But without the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. This lamb foreshadowed the lamb of God. That would be the cleansing of the soul of humanity once and for all. But this lamb as a picture had to be had to portray the Savior that would come. So it had to be without spot and without blemish. That's the character of it. Not only that, but we see the condemnation of this little lamb. Now look at, look at verse 6. You shall keep it, right, under the 14th day. And it says, all right, that same month in the afternoon, it says that you're going to take it out of the congregation of Israel, shall take it and kill it in the evening. You say, how in the world can such a precious, little, fuzzy, innocent, just cute little lamb, you know, innocent lamb, be killed? But you find in verse 6, that's God's instructions, that you've got to take this, this beautiful little creature, and you've got to kill it. So you'll find they would take this lamb on the 10th on the day, they keep it to the 14th day, they would examine, and about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, you'll find that on the 14th day, here's who would take it out and kill the lamb. The father of the house would take that lamb out. He would have to do exactly what that, what that butcher did, that, the one that worked in the slaughterhouse would have to do. Take that lamb that they took in their home, they examined. And I can, and look, now folks, I just have to say this. We as people, and maybe you're not an animal person, but a lot of people are, it don't take very long for you to Sort of have a little connection with an animal, right? Right. Now, these people are human beings, just like you and I are. A few days, you start to maybe like the little guy. But then you've got to take him out and kill him. And that's what the father had to do. He had to take a razor-sharp knife and cut the throat of the lamb, take the blood of this lamb and put it in a basin. All right? This innocent lamb had to die. But notice what God is teaching them. Can I share you a passage in Hebrews 9.22? It says, And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. Folks, there's people today that does not like even songs that has the blood of Christ in it. They see it very gory. They see it very just, 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 just why would you even talk about something so horrific? Because it tells us about how horrific we are in our sin nature. The blood, my dear friends, the life blood is what cleanses the sinner. That was going to be the blood that would allow them to escape the death angel. And so this pure lamb, as pure as it could be, had to shed its blood by the father of the house. Can I tell you, it was the father's will in heaven. To slay his own son. To slay the lamb. So you see even a picture there. 
as the father of the house, have to go out and slay, this, uh, kill this lamb. You know, even the father of heaven's will was to slay his own son, the, the lamb that would be our way of redemption. And so we find the condemnation of this lamb. And folks, there are some people that will say, you know, well, Christ is just my example. And I try to follow Christ, but, you know, I don't, I don't, I, he's not my savior. I learned some principles. See, Christ cannot, the life of Christ, the things that he did, that doesn't save us. It is his life's blood, his death, burial, and resurrection. Amen. His victory on the cross, his resurrection, our faith in his sacrifice, that saves us. Um, Adrian Rogers said this, Salvation doesn't come by learning lessons from the life of Christ, but by receiving life from the death and resurrection of Christ. Amen? And I have to agree with that 100%. It required the death of the Lamb and the resurrection. Now look at verse 7. We see this great confession of this Lamb. Notice what he says. He said, I want you to take the blood, all right? I want you to take hyssop. I want you to take this common, this weed, this growth you find all over, all over that part of the world, especially in Israel. It's all over the place. I want you to take it, and I want you to coat the side post and the upper post of the house. Now, will you, will you entertain this for a second? Imagine the Egyptians seeing this take place. And they see these group of people, these God's chosen people, they're putting blood, lamb's blood, on the door casing of their home. Can you imagine what they were thinking? Have they lost their mind? Would you agree with me tonight that they were pretty peculiar? They stood out. There was, a, there was an undenying that they were different. That something was happening with them that was different than anyone else. That something was going on there. This was, an, this was an unashamed confession of who they were trusting for deliverance. Amen? The blood's applied and they were unashamed. Because every Egyptian could see the doorpost and the lintel of their home. Can I tell you something tonight? That as God's children, we are not to be ashamed of the one we believed in. Amen? As Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the one that I believed. I'm not ashamed. And I will say this, as Romans tells us, that, that we, will, we would confess him that we have believed in. Right? If we truly believe from the heart, we would confess because we are not ashamed. Because God says, when I see what others can see, I'll pass over. So it was, it was undenying that the blood was on the post to the Egyptians and definitely to God. That's what was so with the Lamb's confession. They were confessing where their protection lied. But also the lamb's, lamb's communion. Look at verse 8, 9, and 10. And they shall eat the flesh in that night, roast it with fire. Unleavened bread with bitter herbs, they shall eat it. He said, I don't want you to eat it raw in verse 9. But I want you to roast it with fire. If there's anything left, I want you to burn it with fire. We see the lamb's communion here. Now we're talking, now they were to take the lamb. After they shed the blood, they were to roast it. Fire was placed to the body of this lamb. Can I tell you something, dear friend? It takes me back when thinking about um, the, the wrath of God on the Son of God on the cross. You know, anytime you see fire, many times in Scripture applied, that is judgment. Being a, there was judgment on this lamb. 
And I remember Christ saying, Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Those three hours of darkness, you find God's wrath was poured out upon the body of Jesus Christ. We find here the fire was placed upon the body of this lamb because of a judgment that was coming. And this judgment was on the lamb. Now let me ask you this. I would have to think you've got every home in Egypt. You've got every home in Egypt taking this lamb. They've killed the lamb. Now they're roasting it. And he says, I want you to eat it. I want you to devour. I want you to eat the flesh of this lamb after you've roasted it. Whole Egypt had to smell like lamb. I'm just, just thinking about, my mind wanders a little bit, thinking about even Egyptians could smell the roasting of this lamb. I think it just filled the air. Now I go back and I think, I, look, I, I go to the New Testament and I think about this, this picture. Colossians 1.27 says, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. They took the blood of the animal and they applied it to the door of their home. But they also ate the lamb and the lamb was within them. And I can't help but see the correlation. How this lamb was not only an application of the blood but also this lamb, its flesh was in them. And can I tell you something tonight? The, 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 the day that I got saved, the blood was applied and the Bible says Christ is in and one, com one commentator said, when they left Egypt, they left with lamb in them, you know. And so they, the lamb was with them as that picture. And I also have to think about that as we as God's people, that when we trusted Christ, Christ, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I am in you and with you. Ain't that a beautiful thing? A beautiful thing how God ties all of that together. We see the first lamb in Egypt. But can we talk about the last lamb the victorious lamb, that why we come to worship, why we gather on Sunday to worship Christ. Let's talk about him for just a moment, all right? Jesus' character. Let me give you a little bit of, of Jewish custom, what actually took place during the time of Passover. The uh, Passover lambs were, many times you'll find, were bred in Bethlehem. They were the best lambs. And you'll find that without blemish, and on Palm Sunday, those um, Passover shepherds would bring those Passover lambs into the city through the sheep gate up to the temple mount to be killed. All right? All the way up to this, all the way into the New Testament, they were keeping this Passover, as we'll learn a little bit later, how they were to keep this continuing on. But they would bring these sheep through the sheep gate to the temple mount. Can I tell you on that same day, now we're, fa we're fast forwarding as we're approaching the cross, as we're approaching the sacrifice of Jesus. We'll find on that, on that day, we find Christ comes through the eastern gate. The Lamb of God. The Lamb. Not just the Lamb, but the Lamb. So as the shepherds would bring the sheep through the sheep gate to the temple mount to be slain as they were commanded to, to continue all through their generations you find at the same time Christ coming through the eastern gate the lamb to remove the the lambs and I'll say this there'll be a day he'll come back through the eastern gate amen he's going to come back 
But here we find Christ was making his way to, as well to the cross. Those lambs were coming. God's lamb was coming. These lambs would come to the priest and the priest would examine them to see if there were any blemishes. And you go and you look and you follow Christ's ministry, you'll find Christ went through great scrutiny. Has anybody noticed that about Jesus' life? He went through much scrutiny. He was tried to, to, to uh, lawyers and Pharisees and Sadducees. They were trying to trip him up all the time to disprove who he was, the Lamb of God. But let me give you some verses, some testimonials in the Gospel of John about Jesus' character. John seven forty six. the officer said, Never man spake like this man. Talking about Jesus. John 18, 38, Pilate saith unto him, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. No fault at all. John 8, 46. Which of you convinceth me of sin? Jesus talking. And if I say the truth, why do ye, why do ye not believe me? Now I'll say this, Brother Hopper. I wouldn't ask this of my friends. What, what wrong do you see in my life? Let alone my enemies. Jesus was saying, any of you, followers or rejectors, can you find any fault in my life? And no one could bring a fault to Jesus Christ about his character. Why? Because he was the lamb going to be slain. Amen? For the sin. For the, for the sins of sinners. So we see his character. Jesus was qualified, amen, to be the Savior. Not only that, but we see Jesus, not only the lamb, Moses' lamb's condemnation, but Jesus' condemnation. You find the Jewish day began at sundown. It goes from 6 to 6. That's how their, their clock runs. So during the Passover meal, you'll find that Jesus partook with his disciples. Remember that? He said, I want you to go. Here's the Passover. It's time for that. And I want you to go prepare a table. I want you to go prepare this for me. And I'm going to take the Passover with you. All right. Now, custom says that during the time, and you saw this on one of the episodes of Shabbat, that they would leave an empty chair, because that chair was for Messiah. They would pour the cup of wine, they would set it there at the empty chair, because that was, there will be a day that the Messiah will sit there and partake of this. And that was the custom. There was also a custom, as I've learned, that they would have a, a bag that would carry three, carry three uh, sections of bread. There would be a top, middle, and, and lower compartment. And they would, also, they would always take the middle, the middle one out, and they would break it. That was something that I sort of learned. And here you find Christ saying, now it's time, I want to partake this with you. And I don't, I don't really think they quite understood back in the Old Testament what that was of taking that, that bread out, out of, out of that bag and really maybe what all that was picturing. And now, can you imagine being, being the, these Jewish guys and they're there with him, you've practiced Passover all this time and now you have the Messiah sitting down and now you see the bread being broken by the Messiah. And he says, this is my flesh. Can you, can you imagine their breath sort of being taken? Oh my, I'm getting this now. And he, and he took the cup. This is the blood of, of the New Testament. 
which I will shed for you, right? Drink ye all of it. And they're like, oh my. Because he talked about his going to the cross. He talked about the resurrection, but they never did quite get it. And now they're seeing him, even in the Passover, painting this picture of his death, his broken body, and his shed blood. And they begin to understand, oh, this is the lamb. He's going to shed his blood. All those lambs in the Old Testament. Can you imagine as they pictured every time and these guys taking their own lamb from their own home and slaying that lamb and now picturing that gruesome, that gruesome picture on, a, on the Savior that they love that called them out to follow him and seeing that going to take place in him. I'm telling you what, that had to put chills down their spine. I think that's why Peter drew out his sword and cut off an ear. He's like, I just can't take that that's what's going to happen to my Savior. But he's the lamb. That's what he had to do. His condemnation. You'll find by the ninth, by nine o'clock the next morning, Jesus was on his way to be crucified. You know where he was going? He was going to Mount Moriah. Y'all remember the story of Abraham and Isaac? <clears throat> Anybody? And I remember some passages in Genesis 22 and verse 8. Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb on that mountain. God will provide himself a lamb in Genesis chapter 22. You'll, you'll also um, find in, in verse 14, um, God, uh, it says, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Genesis 22 and verse 14. And, and Abraham, he saw a lamb provided in place of his son. I will provide a lamb on this mountain in place of you. You know what God did? He did exactly that. He provided a lamb. That truth that he told Abraham many, many years ago was being in full fulfillment at Calvary. Same mountain, Mount Moriah. The lamb came. And it was in this mountain God fulfilled that. And can I tell you this tonight? When, when, when Christ was on the cross, when they put the nails in his hands, when they stuck the spear in his side, when they was being slain, you can imagine, you can imagine the, the lambs that the shepherd brought in to the, through, the, to, through the sheep gate to the temple mount, the razor blade being taken to the throat of those lambs at the time the Savior was being slain. And I will tell you this, when Christ said it was finished, you know what Jesus was saying? He said, you can get rid of the lambs. You can, you, Levites, you can step aside now and you can, you can get rid of the razor blade. It's not needed anymore because the Lamb of God has fulfilled what the Lamb that Moses showed you could not fulfill. And I have to say glory to God for that moment in history. Amen. He said it is finished. We do not need those things any longer. Now, there was a confession in Egypt. The, the blood on the doorpost and the lintel was a public testimony. And can I tell you something? There should be a confession of your faith in the Lamb as well. Amen. 
I believe true conversion brings out a public declaration of your conversion. That's why we always encourage you to make your conversion public. Because the Bible says you will not want to hide that conversion. Romans 10 uh, uh, 9 and 10 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Now notice this in verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Mark 8, 38. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. And one more, Matthew 10, 32. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. Can I, can I, can I play, play on to this morning's message about evidences of your salvation? If you have no desire to make any public testimony of the Savior you claim to put your faith in, my dear friends, I, I encourage you to examine what conversion you say you have. Because the Bible says that you will confess it. That's why we encourage new believers to follow in scriptural baptism. Amen. That is the first step. The only next step for a believer is to say, hey, I'm not ashamed. To, to stand up and say, I'm not ashamed through baptism is picturing as they did, putting the blood on the doorpost a little. Hey, I'm not ashamed in the one who secures me and keeps me clean. Amen. Amen. But as they had communion, as they devoured that, the flesh of that lamb here in Exodus chapter 12, can I tell you what? Can I tell you something? We also have an ordinance that we commemorate a particular moment in history. Can you think of what that ordinance is? It's called the Lord's Table. It's called the Lord's Supper. We take, we take two elements that represent. They don't transform into his blood and body, but they represent the blood and body of Jesus Christ. And sometimes, you know what's so sad about sometimes about the Lord's Supper? I watch Christians start to come in, and it's like they're coming to, it's like they're, like they're going to a funeral. Just there's sort of sometimes just no emotion of, of, of happiness. It's like sometimes we portray the atmosphere is just just it's almost like a funeral, folks. We 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 we're we are commemorating the the death of Christ, but that He rose again as well for us. When we come to the Lord's table, dear Christians, we should be excited about commemorating His death, His shed blood, His broken body, and He is a lamb, yes, that was slain, but He is alive and well. We don't commemorate through the Lord's table a dead Savior. We commemorate a Savior who died, but didn't stay dead. He rose again. He died so I could die, and he resurrected so I could live. The Bible says when I put my faith in Christ, I died with him. And also because he resurrected, I resurrect with him. You see, the lambs could not resurrect. They had to keep killing them. But when the lamb showed up, no, nothing could hold. Nothing, nothing could hold his body in the grave. 
Amen? Because he is the Lamb of God. Can I, can I end by looking at these last few verses just very briefly? He said, you know what? After you do this, you're going to have protection. Only when I see the blood, the death angel will pass over. They won't, there won't be any death in your home. But you know what he also said? Do it quickly. He said, thus shall ye eat with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and the staff in your hand, and ye shall eat in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. He told Moses, he said, listen, you're as good as gone out of Egypt. But I've got a plan for Egypt. I've got plagues to bring. I've got a Pharaoh's heart to, to, to deal with. But you're as good as gone. Just trust me. And he said, right now is the final plague. You better have your loins girded. Your better shoes better be on your feet. Your staff better be in your hand as, as, as you partake of this. As, as it pictures the salvation of Jesus Christ. And can we learn something from this tonight? That if you are born again, if you have been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and Christ is in you, you better make sure your life is ready to leave this world. You know, the Bible tells me there's nothing holding Christ back. I believe the time of Jesus' catching up his children is imminent. I think it could be any time. Amen? Only the Father knows. Did they know exactly what moment that they would be thrust out of Egypt? No, but they said, hey, hey, after this, after this, hey, it's coming. Can I tell you something? Jesus is coming. Their exiting was soon approaching. Can I tell you something? Your exit is soon approaching. So here, here's something we need to understand as we close. Every one of you that leave tonight will leave in one of two ways. Either you will, you will leave under the blood or you will leave trampling over the blood. What do you mean by that, Brother Josh? What I mean by it is this. You will leave by receiving the sacrifice of Christ by faith under the blood or you will leave by rejecting the blood therefore trampling on the blood of Christ but the only one that has safe passage is those that has the blood applied and applied God's way they applied it the way Moses said the Bible says it's by grace through faith alone and Christ alone Period. Amen? Period. You and I don't put a comma where God puts a period. Amen? It is finished. You can be ready to leave this world, but it's only in Christ. The Lamb that was slain, but also resurrected. The necessary, the necessary Lamb. Have you received the Lamb? If you're a Christian, do you rejoice in the Lamb? Do you worship happily because of the lamb do you allow the lamb to continually change you and mold you do you surrender your life to the lamb as he gave his life's blood for you tonight as we stand to our feet every head bowed every eye closed for just a moment sister arbor the mic if you'll come we're going to have a song tonight of invitation ever so quietly let's stand I don't know how God has used this message to bless your heart or maybe bring conviction or reprovement to your heart. I don't know. But I want you to know tonight. As the death angel. Did come into the land of Egypt. 
so will our appointed time of death come to us. And brothers and sisters, let's all have our loins girded. Shoes on our feet.